I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. How to Combat Post-Race Blues Last week, we chatted about the importance of taking proper recovery after a big race and training buildup. But this week, we are chatting even more about that mental aspect of taking time off and maybe struggling with the post-race blues. With the big buildup, there is often a letdown after a race. Whenever we have a big build towards anything in life, there can be a period of sadness or grieving or missing that chase and pursuit of something after the event has passed. So not all athletes experience these post-racing blues and even one athlete who experienced it one season might not experience it the next. But many people do experience this at least one time in their running career. Today we are chatting about our own experiences with these post-race blues and ways that you can tackle it and navigate these waters mentally. Today I have with me Jason Phillippe who has been coaching for over a decade. He has experienced coaching middle schoolers, high schoolers, and now more on the road and recreational athletes um, and competitive athletes as well. And so there's just a variety of athletes that he has coached and watched um, various what people do after races, right? So everyone has different reactions to a season ending and, you know, you go to nationals, you win a championship meet. Um, I think some people might be surprised that, of course, there's that moment of excitement and happiness But at the same time, there's also like a period right after that where you're kind of like, whoa, that this is it. Like what's next? Or as you may be experiencing in college, because I know your track team when you were um, either junior or senior won um, the track and field or the the women's team did um, won track and field nationals. So uh, did you ever see anyone on that team kind of experience maybe what you would consider sadness after that event? Because I know that's almost like counterintuitive. You would think people would be so excited. But I think after that initial excitement, all the elation, there's kind of like this valley that people get into. Yeah, actually, what a great way to start because it it brought me back when you're talking about that year um, when our women's team won nationals. And thinking back to, you know, college age kids, for the most part, um, they're training year round. So the end of their cross country season, they get a little break. Um, they have something to look forward to after that. They have track. And so for us, it was always at the, that end of May time frame, uh, not only because track wrapped up, but school was wrapping up as well. And that meant uh, no more classes and time to work and become an adult. And so I think for college-age kids, that's kind of the, the time where um, no matter how that track season ended, uh, sometimes you can find kids in a kind of a darker uh, part. And so 
Um, fast forwarding to adulthood, obviously, you know, there's races year round on the calendar, depending on where you live. And sometimes if we don't have anything to look forward to after we just wrapped up a goal race, um, same thing can happen, right? We can fall into these, um, sort of dark periods where we go through and we're unsure of, of what we should do. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, have you ever kind of found yourself in a place where, um, you know, your performance may have been what you expected or not what you expected. And then afterwards, it was really a tough time to overcome. Yeah, I think for us living in the state of Minnesota and having those races year round, like you were talking about, it's a little bit different. So a lot of the college kids, maybe listening or people who were track athletes in college, maybe they can really relate to what you were saying about how times did really change in the summer, especially if you're a college kid, like your whole world changes overnight. You go from living in the dorms on campus or whatever to no longer taking classes, you're working. Like you said, there's such a shift where I think there's so many other factors at play. But when you're an adult, I think um, it's just different because nothing else is really changing in your life after the race is over, after your season is over. You just kind of go to work, you're doing your normal stuff. But I find for me personally, I think living in the state of Minnesota where we do have these really cold, um, very drastic, uh, I would almost define as scary winters um, because it's just so cold and there are weeks at a time where you can't go outside. And I do think maybe there's like some seasonal like depression that sometimes plays. So I think living in the state of Minnesota, there is that seasonal aspect to things where, you know, there might be a little bit of seasonal depression that goes into things when you're only getting eight hours of sunlight in a day. But anyways, I find that after those fall races and those fall buildups where you have a marathon maybe in October or November, um, it can kind of become difficult after that to head into the season of winter. Because even if you did want to get back into training, um, you know, two months later, you do know in the back of your head that it's just not, you can't really train the way that you want to in our state in January and February. Um, And so that can kind of feel really hard to experience and not really be able to see, all right, when am I, when is the next time I'm going to be training again? And when is the next time I'm going to see roads without snow on them again? And that can be a tough cycle to break out of. And probably people in other parts of the world, right? They, people who live in Florida maybe experience that in the spring when it starts to get really hot, they start to go, oh no, you know, training's over until summer's over, right? Or or something of that, um, that matter. But I do think it's normal for athletes to go through periods of time where training's going really well and they're really excited. And then there's also like those valleys where you're just not able to really train as much as you like, or you're not in the middle of a, a training cycle. And that can be difficult for athletes because I think as athletes, we really want to always be striving for more. We want to be working towards a goal. And so I think that's where this post-race blues can sometimes come into play is we don't really see that next goal. We don't see what we're striving for in that moment. And also there can be a little bit of a letdown because I think the biggest part of running is the chase. It's the pursuit of a goal that's really exciting. And sometimes when you achieve it, it's almost like you don't you don't really savor it, right? You're always thinking what's next. And sometimes it's just this never ending cycle. You're almost on a hamster wheel of, okay, I need to chase the next goal, right? Um, so this is where I think sometimes this can hit people pretty hard. Um, I don't know, what about you? Have you ever experienced this after a race or what is the typical you know, race for you? How do you usually feel after that? Yeah, I would say, you know, 
I bounce back pretty well off of any distance under the marathon. So after a half, even I'm, I feel pretty um, optimistic and I usually have something to look forward to after that, like a 5k or something. Um, but after marathons, that's kind of where I've noticed this, um, this feeling of just kind of uncertainty and maybe, um, a little maybe sad or unsure of what to do with training. And thinking back to when I PR'd in 2012, um, you know, I don't think I ran, it was October. I, I don't think I ran again that the rest of that year, really. Um, and the reason I was, you know, I, I was happy with my, with my race performance and all that, but the, in the weeks following, I just had some lingering IT band soreness and it just kind of, um, led me to, um, not feel like wanting to run. And so, um, I think I was stuck in a rut there and then luckily the new year rolled around and that gave me some motivation to jump back. And then another time that comes to mind was my slowest marathon ever, um, at Boston one year when I went in under trained and it was hot and I cramped up and had to walk the last 5k. Um, that was more difficult just because I, I had to really, um, kind of set my ego aside and think about, well, you know, if you want a certain expectation, a time expectation, you need to put in more effort, uh, more training, um, that's going to reflect your fitness. And, um, so that was kind of a humbling experience. And, uh, again, that kind of, I think my training was set back for probably a month after that, just being, um, feeling a little down. Right. Yeah. It's really important just to understand, like there are peaks and valleys within the sport of running. If you're going to be in it for, you know, longer than one training cycle, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. So if you feel right now after your training cycle or after a big race that you're in this valley and you don't really, you feel like you're in limbo land, you don't know what you're training for. You don't know what you're doing. That's really normal. And that's kind of a part of the recovery process, both physically and uh, mentally, there is that component to it. And I think sometimes people try to escape these feelings sometimes where they'll, you know, dive right back into a training cycle and not allow time for proper recovery um, as like a coping mechanism to deal with not feeling um, this like a little sad after a race. They just dive right back in because they don't want to sit around and think about it. They don't want to give themselves recovery. They just want to keep going and keep trying to get up to the next peak of the mountain but sometimes that leads to stagnation and later on down the road, maybe you end up injured or burned out, which will inevitably lead to these valleys. But I think the appropriate way to kind of come into this season is just to kind of accept that there might be some feelings there where it just seems like you're not, you're aimless, right? Or you might feel a little sad after race, but that's totally normal. And I think one of the best things that you can do is embrace the time off like we talked about in the last podcast really allow yourself that time to take off um and then set your sights so continue looking forward and trying to figure out what is going to be the next thing that I strive after and I think when you find that and when you're able to continue with your why and have a vision for where you see yourself going in the future that it can help pull you kind of out of that mental rut where you're like well what's next you know and and this is something that a lot of athletes I think struggle with because I do know that we've coached a lot of people over the years where like you were saying after Chicago 2012 you took several months off um, and sometimes people take upwards of four to six months completely off just because that aimless feeling um, and it can be hard to see kind of what the next goal is so what is a way that someone can start to ease back into things or ease back into chasing a goal? What is a good mindset to get into when it comes to setting those sights and seeing like, what is the next thing for my training? Yeah, uh, good question. I think when we're talking about this type of, um, 
you know, post-race blues, we're probably thinking of it occurring more so after a half or a full marathon. And so I like to think ahead and find something that is a lot more, maybe a shorter distance race or just um, doing something different, stepping outside your comfort zone. I think that can kind of help you um, start to um, get back to running in a way that will set you up for success more long-term in the future. And I think, like you said, the longer you go without a goal in, in mind, um, the more likely you are to take an extended period of time off. And um, while, I'm, I'm, while I'm all for some time off, I think that it's good because we can kind of recenter ourselves, get grounded, find some balance, right? Focus on some other things that we haven't maybe been doing during our, our buildup. Um, I think at some point we need to just get back to a basic routine of running um, here and there, maybe incorporating more strength training or starting to focus more on nutrition. <clears throat> Right. So starting to just ease back into that routine and sometimes just having a routine in place is super important and critical. And when we take that week off or those two weeks off after the race, our whole routine kind of shifts and we forget um, just how to lace up our running shoes and get out there. Um, Because I know even the times where I've had um, to give birth and then get back into training, just those four to six weeks that are completely off, it seems like when I have to go out and run again, it, it just it's so hard to get back into things after taking time off because you realize like just how time consuming it is and just like how, how many things go into making running a part of your life. But getting back into that routine and laying that strong foundation is super key and it can help people really stay in a positive mindset because it's something that you're really doing for yourself and, and keeping that in a positive light and making sure the, the energy that you are carrying towards running is positive. And I think sometimes people do need extended times off like that's really important in the sport. So if you're not feeling ready to come back to training, that's totally fine. Like if your body's destroyed, like if you just need a little bit more of a mental break, but I think more often than not, um, it's better to, to start easing back in, make it a part of your routine. And even if it's not running that you're getting back to getting back to some form of exercise, right? So exercise is part of a healthy lifestyle. So maybe you're not back to running. You're just not ready. Um, going on 30 minute walks three days a week or doing yoga three times a week or something that you enjoy doing that's movement for your body. Um, cause I do totally understand that sometimes we just need that break from running. Like we love running, but we need that break and doing something else that's a physical activity. Maybe you're going to the gym, taking some exercise classes, those sort of things. Stay active and keep it a part of your lifestyle because that can really help with any of like the mood or kind of the downness that might come um, as we head into these winter months. Um, I'm just thinking from my perspective here in Minnesota, I know that it can be a struggle for a lot of people um, in the winter. So just staying active, keeping moving and keeping positive is super important. Um, but I, I think one thing that you can really do to set your sights. So let's say you still want to take time off or maybe you're ready to get back into running. It's still really important to kind of see where you're headed and reflect on where you want to be next year, right? So look at 2020, look at a fall, look at how do you want to be running in one year from now and start just journaling things that you liked about your last training cycle, maybe things that worked really well, maybe things that you struggled with, and really get to know yourself as a runner. This is a time where you can be really reflective because you just completed a big training cycle. And so some of the feelings that you might be feeling are things that you can put down on paper. And I know it kind of sounds a little funny, but it's really nice to get those thoughts to paper and kind of like feel what are you feeling? What are you thinking about your training? Um, and discussing those things either with your coach or 
just brainstorming ways that you can incorporate more of what you love into your training and then maybe take out like the added stressors. So Jason, has there ever been a time where after a race, you've kind of reflected on some things and come to some realizations about yourself as a runner or about your fitness and running journey in general? Yeah, you know, there were times where I I did a marathon training cycle and then afterwards I realized like, you know, this is definitely not my favorite distance. Like I I enjoy the challenge and it's a new, you know, it's it's definitely something I like to experience every now and then, but on a more like rare basis. And so um I decided I'm going to take like some time off from the marathon. I took probably 2 years off at least and I just focused on trying to get pretty fit and fast again at like the 5k and um you know, I'd realized I wasn't going to probably get as fast as my college days, but it was still a good challenge for me to um, just, you know, sign up for some local races, try to get competitive again. And, and through those race experiences, you know, you're, you're getting mentally tougher. And through the workouts, um, I just found that that was a good change of pace for me because I was kind of lacking some of that in the marathon, um, you know, training cycle. Right. And I think so often people are afraid of change, right? And the world is constantly changing and it's okay to change how you are as a runner or change your goals or change your direction. Um, In 2015, I was someone that was like marathon after marathon and I wouldn't even be signed up for multiple marathons. I would just be like, as soon as I was done with a marathon, like I finished Boston 2015 and within 24 hours, I was like, I need to run my next marathon. I'm going to run grandma's marathon. I signed up on my phone in the airport flying back from Boston. Um, like I was crazy, right? Like I loved it. I was so driven. I really loved the marathon distance. Um, and I forced that for so long because for a while it was what I really loved doing. And then I kind of stopped loving it, but I didn't allow myself time to really reflect on that, right? I just kept forcing it and forcing it. Um, finish after finish, I just was like drudging it. I, I didn't love it. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I finished uh, the CIM marathon in 2018 after even taking a year and a half off. But I, I uh, finished that marathon with my marathon PR at the time of recording this. And it's just so it's so different right so it I just finished the race and I never wanted to do one again like I had this just feeling of I'm never doing this again I don't want to run a marathon I did not enjoy any of this training and it was really hard to experience that because like you want to be really happy and excited because you ran this marathon PR it was a a good race you know you hit your goal Uh, but I felt like this total feeling of like emptiness and that was hard Uh, for me mentally but I really had to dissect that and figure out like where did I go wrong or like what what sort of thing was causing me to feel these negative emotions with my running because like I love to run and so I wanted to to figure out kind of like what was going on there Um, and what I did realize you know after a year of kind of reflecting is that there was just so much pressure kind of put on myself to hit a certain time that I start to like fall out of love with the sport. So maybe I did love marathoning, but there was just so much pressure and like so much emphasis on like this extra one, two, three seconds per mile. I needed to get it. And it was just too much and it sucked all the fun out of my running. Um, and so just shifting focus to something else and kind of distracting myself from, from those high pressure, high stakes situations was really important. And I think just understanding that there are other goals that you can achieve besides, oh, I have to hit this exact time in a marathon. I need to hit like this time-based goal in the marathon. Um, there are just so many other ways. And so some of the things that I did the following year, um, cause I still ran, you know, 2,500 miles the next year, but I didn't, you know, train specifically for any marathon. So I 
first focused on the one mile and then I did, you know, a couple 5Ks, set a 10K PR, um, went on to, to run a 10 mile PR. Uh, there's just a lot of other things that you can do and it's not necessarily, I have to run the fastest marathon ever. And I did actually run a marathon the next year, but it was something I signed up for the day or yeah, literally the day before. And it's something that I did more for fun, for enjoyment, um, to be a part of the community. And it wasn't as much of a high pressure. I have to race this, you know, I have to gut it out. And I think a lot of people who are marathoners and you've ran a marathon, sometimes they get put on this marathon hamster wheel where they think they have to do a marathon and they think they have to race a marathon. They think they always have to be getting faster at the marathon, but there's just other ways that your running journey can unfold. And maybe one of those things is doing an ultra, or maybe it's doing speed work. Maybe there's something else that's calling to you. And if we just kind of quiet out the noise for a little bit and reflect on what are we really feeling, you know, internally, what does our running, what are we called to do with our running? You're able to have a better picture and idea of that. Um, But I think so much when we're on social media and we're reading what other people's goals are, which is really good for inspiration. Sometimes we can get confused because that's really when I went down this rabbit hole was with the rise of social media. I was reading what everyone else's goals were and I saw everyone was training for all these marathons and I, I just was like, yeah, that's what I used to do too. So I have to keep doing that. And I didn't really see any other options. And it's funny, you know, looking back, the algorithm is favoriting people who, you know, run marathons because for the average person, that's really interesting, right? So you follow these people, you want to see them do these marathons. Um, And so the algorithm is favoriting all these people who are doing all these marathons because it's a huge event. And, you know, anyone who says they're a marathoner, that's, that gets a lot of recognition. And so it's not necessarily that everyone is running marathons. It's that that's what the algorithm is favoriting, right? So even when I went and shifted my focus to shorter distance races, I was running faster than I ever had. I was setting PRs in my, in my late twenties and like the one mile and stuff. And you know, it just, it doesn't get as recognized by other people, but it didn't really matter because it's getting recognized for me. And I think that's something that's really important to remember is that, you know, Strava, it's not, it's not everything, right? You don't need to impress people with your running. You need to kind of impress yourself and, and look at what do you want to do? And that's the, the number one question I think we can really focus on during this off season. So Jason, have you ever kind of felt the pull from social media or from Strava or maybe even pre-Strava and social media days you felt this? Um, what is your advice for someone who's been running for so long, how does one kind of combat these pressures that either society or other people kind of are putting upon us? Yeah, I mean, I did notice it and I I definitely have felt it over the years, but I haven't allowed it to really influence my decisions for what I want to do. And I think one reason I noticed it more was because it it became this thing to travel and do a marathon, right? Like you're probably not going to travel to another state to do a 5K or 10K um, unless it's like just like the biggest one or something like that. But um, yeah, you're going to travel to the, you know, the Disney's and the New York cities and the Boston's and LA's. But um, I think that, you know, if you can get past that, um, you know, and and look for, you know, there's other point, obviously there's other, um, reasons for traveling, obviously, right? There's vacations and time with family and to explore. If you happen to find a race there, great. Um, but I, where, where I, where my mind's going here is when I started thinking about doing more triathlons and that's where I kind of just wanted to explore and take a break from all the, the demands of running. Like I was still motivated to stay active, but I wanted to, 
um, you know, get in the pool and get on the bike. And I think that that I have some athletes right now who are getting more into that. And I just think it's kind of cool to um, challenge yourself in new ways. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the thing about the triathlon because that is really true. And I, I know I've watched you and, and it's something that you enjoy doing. You like the variety. You like riding your bike outside. You like to swim, those sort of things. And I think those are really good reasons to go after a try. It, it switches things up. It keeps you motivated. Um, whereas me, I think I spoke earlier about how I did the 2018 uh, California International Random Marathon PR. Um, and instead of really introspection I just go you know I knew I didn't want to run another marathon but I needed to do like the next big thing right you know like I I needed that next big thing to get attention so I go I'm gonna do a half Ironman and then within you know a month I'm like I'm doing a full Ironman and I didn't do either right so (laughs) just full disclosure here I learned how to swim. I hired a tri coach. Like I bought this bike. I did all these bike rides, like 40, 40 milers or whatever. Um, and just got to the point where I realized I hated biking. Like I, I didn't even enjoy what I was doing. The reason that I was doing it was because I felt like I needed to be doing like this next big thing. Um, and when all of this kind of came to f- fruition, when I realized like, hey, why am I doing all of this, right? Like, why am I swimming and and biking and doing all of these? You know, I was training for like 10 to 15 hours a day and it was kind of fun. But at the end of the day, I actually wasn't enjoying it. I was enjoying it even less than my marathon training cycle. But I felt like I needed to chase this like huge goal and like I needed something really big because that's what I did before um because I didn't really see I didn't see how training for the one mile would be fun I didn't see how that would be a big flashy thing to chase after uh so I just didn't even allow myself that that space to even consider what would it be like if you know you just tried to get faster or focused on lifting because to me it, it just wasn't big enough and I think some people can really relate to that like they feel like you know you, you do your marathon you do an ultra marathon you qualify for Boston you run Boston like what next is there right like so for a really long time it was how fast can I get in the marathon and then when that's not there it's just like I'm, I'm scraping for anything I can I'm like oh, I'll do you know, half Ironman. And at what point is, you know, enough enough, right? Like if you don't actually want to do it and you really have to ask yourself, what is the intent of my goal? Is this something that I really want to do? Or is this something that I want to say that I did? You know what I mean? So it's, it's really important to look into the reasons for why you're setting goals and asking yourself, like, is this something that I even really want to do? Um, and for me, I did like biking on the stationary bike, but I had a few rides outside and it was just completely unenjoyable for me. And then I had to ask myself, well, that's what the race that you're signed up to do is. It's biking outside. So if you don't like doing it, if you're not finding enjoyment in it, and the only reason that you're doing it is to maybe get recognition, I think it's just important to kind of evaluate those things. And I think sometimes maybe people won't admit, you know, that they're setting goals because they really want to do this next big thing, but it's really, really common. And as coaches, we see it all the time where people come to us, they have a goal and, you know, we explain kind of what it's going to take to get there. And they realize like, no, I actually don't want to do the work that it takes, or I don't want to run that much, or I don't want to do long runs. I don't like that. And it's like, okay, well, we should figure out what you like to do and kind of set your goals from there. So that's why I think journaling, figuring out what you really loved about the training cycle 
and maybe what are the things that you didn't love and then focus on how can you make more of what you love in your next training cycle and what can that goal be um so jason what are some other things that people can maybe set their sights on or set goals towards during this transitional time um based on personal preference and maybe what they're reflecting on yeah, a lot of good things there. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, when I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what I want to do next, um, I'll think of a couple things. I'll either I'll do something that excites me or that challenges me. Um, so it could be like, yeah, running a, a mile and I haven't done that in five years or whatever. So that could be an example. Or I might think of what is something I need to do, what's sort of my weakness, um, that if I do this for a while, then it's going to help me when I, want, when I go back to my like long-term goal again, which might be trying to PR and a half or running a marathon next year or whatever. And so that's kind of what I, I, I lead to is I, I try to find something, you know, I either enjoy or something that, uh, I think I need to work on. Like, so I might do, I might increase my mileage a bit because I've struggled with that, or I might incorporate more tempo runs because, you know, I've never really done more than, uh, speed intervals for a long time. And I need to get uncomfortable running like 30 to 40 minute tempos, that sort of thing. And so that's kind of how I've gotten, um, you know, on, on a different track, I guess, on the next path towards continuing. Um, but it's just all about uh, finding something that is going to motivate you and inspire you. Yeah, I think it's good to brainstorm those goals and, and work towards them and figure out a plan to work towards them. But it's also important, I think, to look into the future and see, okay, wh- what is my goal or what's my end goal? Let's say, you know, for my example, I said, I want to do an Ironman or half Ironman, right? And then when you backtrace and you say, okay, well, what do I need to be doing like in September? What do I need to be doing in June? What do I need to be doing in March? And you figure out what it is that you would need to be doing and what your training would look like to get you to your end goal. And if you say to yourself, yes, like I'm on fire, I want to do that, that is exactly what I want to do, then you know that your goal is in line with how you like to train and, and what you like doing. Um, but if if you're struggling to see how the ends will kind of meet, then maybe it's time to to focus more on the process and figure out what are my favorite things to do and then figure out an end goal from there. Cause I think sometimes people are, they can really come up with that end goal pretty easily. Um, you know, the regurgitated answers like I want to, I want to run X time in the marathon or I want to qualify for Boston or I want to do like this event. Um, and then we backtrace and figure out, okay, that means that you would have to be doing this in the summer, this in the spring, this now. And if you're like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I definitely want to do that. Then you know you're on the right track um, for for what you want to do. And I think it's also important not to schedule too many races back to back because during this time, it can be a time where you're really looking ahead and you're thinking about where do I want to be, you know, in the future. And and you can start thinking about 2020 races or 2020, 2022 races. And you just get in the zone and you start signing up race after race. You're sitting on your computer, your board, right? But we don't want to sign up for too many races at once because you want to make sure it all fits in the picture and it's all working towards your goal. And you definitely don't want to set yourself up to be signed up for all these races. And then when you have your training cycle and maybe your coach or you realize like, oh, you know, like these two half marathons, they're, they're kind of conflicting with each other and I'm not going to be able to, you know, hit my goal in both of them and all this stuff. So it's better to kind of wait to sign up or to sign up for maybe a few key races, but don't go too crazy because we've definitely seen, 
um, that happen, especially now that races are going to be coming back and there's going to be a lot more of them. It can be tempting to just go crazy and sign up for them all. Um, another thing is to focus on the quality and not necessarily the quantity. So a lot of people have these goals of running certain weekly mileage, but it's really important to remember that your body doesn't... It, there's nothing magical is going to happen when you run 40 miles a week or when you run 50 miles a week. You have to really train individually for yourself and make sure you're progressing correctly. And it's better to run, you know, 49.5 miles per week than to, to run 51 and risk injury. Or, you know, I've seen so many people try to toe that line because they really like that pretty number. But if you would have just stayed a little bit below, um, you would have been a lot safer. You would have been in better shape. You would have started at the start line better. So I think it's really important to have those quality goals versus uh, quantity. Um, and then remembering your values and goals when you schedule things. So whenever you're signing up for anything, just remember, is this going to be in line with my values? Is this in line with my goals and allowing more room for flexibility there. So as we kind of come to the conclusion of the podcast here, we've talked a lot of, about um, this off season and setting goals and reflecting on the past season. I know this is kind of a time where people can kind of be in limbo uh, and it's more of an off season training, but what are the benefits or should someone work with a coach during this off season time? Yeah, uh, I definitely think working with a coach can help you not only stay accountable, but maybe identify that one or two things that um, you can change about your training. And so maybe it's um, just fine tuning some things and depending on your recent race, um, you know, you're going to examine that and, and reflect on what could you do differently that will help you going forward. And so um, I like what you said, though, about the process during this time. It's so important to kind of uh, forget about the, the future because I know a lot of times we think about this race, right, that's six months away. And um, so, so much of the time we just kind of forget about like doing all the little things. And that's where I think a coach can help you is to make sure, you know, you're being accountable to not only getting your workouts in, but maybe it's like focusing on dynamic drills for warmups and stuff so that your workouts go better. Or maybe it's uh, injury prevention and doing the little things like to get rid of this nagging injury that's kind of been there for a long time. So helping you kind of process that, walk through that, encouraging the PT treatments, that sort of thing. Um, and then obviously strength training routine as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think the accountability of having a coach can really take things to the next level. And I think the people who've worked with us for the longest periods of time without having, you know, significant breaks have really are the ones that we spotlight a lot. And we see these huge transformations occur because they're changing themselves year round. And during these off seasons, it can be really easy to just kind of go into this sloth mode where you just, oh, you know, I'm taking time off, but allowing this time to have that little bit of productive energy and and how can I become the best version of myself? How can I stay um, focused on my goals and all those things? And then also just doing the, the right workouts, right? So easing back into things correctly is super key. Sometimes I find people either do way too much or not enough. And so having that sweet spot there and having that accountability factor of someone who knows your goals and is going to help guide you towards them um, is super key. And I love having a coach during the off season, especially because it can really help me stay a little bit outside of my comfort zone, right? So I'm a comfort zone runner. When left on my own, like I'm just going to run the same thing all the time. But having a coach that kind of challenge your thinking just a little bit, I mean, they mainly stay in the comfort zone with you, but once a week, twice a week, maybe there's a little bit of an ask there where they're really keeping you accountable to toward those goals. Because 
running is not easy and it, it makes it a lot easier when you have someone kind of rooting for you and helping you and challenging you to be the best version of you as an athlete. Um, and so if that's something that you're interested in and you're feeling a little lost during this off season, we would love to connect with you and get to know more about your running journey and chat about how we can make your dreams a reality in 2022 and focus on what is the, the timeline to get to your goals and the benchmarks to get there and talking about goals and long-term thinking and all the things that we chatted about in this podcast and also reflecting on maybe your strengths and weaknesses and how can we really focus on those weaknesses during the off season and make them something that you really um, thrive with and something that becomes your strength. So if that's something you're interested in, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com and you can chat with one of us right away. We do a free seven day trial for anyone who's interested. We'd love to get to know more about you. So again, filling out the form at www.runforprs.com. We'll also have the link in the show notes, but thanks for tuning in.